This was another one of those weeks that I didn't have a clue what to do. And uh, I'm not apologizing. I am thinking that uh, the Holy Spirit was, uh, had something that he wanted to say special. And uh, uh, so I want to talk to you about the day that Jesus said no. Yeah, you, you, uh, we, we think of this, uh, you, you see a picture of Christ and he's, uh, the long flowing hair and blue eyes, uh, I don't know if he had blue eyes or not, but, uh, and he's always surrounded by kids and you always see some Pharisees scowling on the side, but Jesus is smiling and the kids are smiling and they're looking up at him, but, um, Jesus was not a sissy. He would, uh, uh, he took issue. And he took issue particularly with his nemesis, Satan. I want to talk to you about Mike. Mike was uh, in a previous ministry that uh, Sarita and I had in Illinois. And uh, he had... He had music. Oh, kids, you can go. I just kind of like you hanging out here. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. You stay, I'll give you a buck. They kept going. Uh, just a, a tremendous musical talent. Yeah, he was no Matt Blackie, let me put it that way. But, but he could have had a, a huge impact for Christ if he only would have said no to temptation and said yes to Jesus. He had the right theology. Um, he had all the answers, and, and he led worship, but he made stupid choices. See, Matt could, Matt, <laughs> Mike could say no. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, and he was around his Christian friends. He, he couldn't say no to them. Or when, when he was around his Christian friends, he was okay. Uh, he, he, was just, he was just a neat person to be around. Funny, uh, had a story to tell. You know, he was, a, he was, he was just a, a delightful guy. But when he got around his unsaved friends, he reared back to alcohol and drugs. And, and uh, even though he had all the head knowledge, he had never obeyed the Word of God. He was never obedient to God's leading. And <clears throat> it was... Uh, it was a show. It's all a show for Mike. And he never said no. He realized that he never realized that he had an advocate when he was tempted to sin. First John 2 1 says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. And that, that doesn't mean that you're going to have sinless perfection. That means so that you will not continue sinning. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. That an advocate is someone who comes along beside you to plead your case. And, and he pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He never understood, Mike never understood that Jesus as a man was tempted in everything just like we are. And that he could tap into that, that power to resist sin. Mike had the same Holy Spirit that you and I have. Mike had the same Holy Spirit that came down on Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan River. That same Holy Spirit, his power, 
is available to all, just like it was back in the, in the old days. And so I want to tell you about the day that Jesus said no. But be, before he could offer new life to others, he had to prove a personal demonstration that new life was possible. See, it was Jesus the man. And, and we, we call that... Uh, I'm, going, I'm going to give you a $1,000 word. Okay, are you ready for this? Say, repeat after me. Hypo, static, yun, yun. Hypostatic union. That means that he was perfectly God and he was perfectly man. He was both. How does it work? I haven't a clue. The Bible says it. I believe it, so it's got to be true. But he showed freedom from sin, which is a trap for me. That's a trap for you, too. In proving that freedom is possible, he gives us hope by the way he encountered the devil and the way he treated sin and the way he treated the devil. And the first no is found in Luke 4, 3 through 8. Uh, after Jesus' baptism, God led him into the desert country, and he was there for 40 days. Count them. 40... <laughs> well, if I had 10 hands. 40 days. How much? Oh, that's five. Oh, four. Oh, oh four. Okay. Uh, Forty days without food. I, I'm, he, I'm sure he had water, uh, but he was hungry. He he was physically beat. I think that that during that time he was he was in continual prayer. And that's one of the devil's tricks. Man, when we are down. We're, we're, we're hungry or we're tired. We are distraught. The, the things aren't going right. We're ready just to cash it in. Church is boring. All that stuff. That's where, no, go ahead, lay down. You're, you're good. Oh, don't lay down. Don't lay down. I'm going over here. That crowd's dangerous. Uh, <laughs> the pastor's a bad influence on your son. But the devil tricks us. He tempts us. He gets in us when, we're, when we least expect it, when, we are, when we're at our lowest point. You know, just down. We're beat down. Nothing's going right. Yeah, that's when he shows up and starts whispering in our ear. And it doesn't make any difference if you're old or young, or young or old. He does it. And oh, his, his language is so effective. And when he starts talking, it can be confusing because he mixes a little truth with his lies. So Satan took advantage of the man, Jesus, and began his attack. And, and there's several things to note about it. Let me read this scripture for you. Then the devil said to him, Luke 4, 3 through 8, if you're the Son of God, change this stone into a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, nope. Scripture says people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I'll give it all to you if you will worship me. And Jesus replied, Scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He said, if you're the Son of God, 
And, and Satan initiated his attack not by asking a question, but by making a statement. And if, if, we, if you look in the original, if is better translated since, S-I-N-C-E. Since you are the, 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 the son of God, he says, act like God. Well, he, got in, he got in Jesus' face. If you say, since you say you're the son of God, why don't you start acting like it? Yeah, command these stones into bread. And his suggestion that Jesus command a stone to become bread was a temptation to self-indulgence. Remember, this was, this was a man, the man Jesus. Forty days he hadn't eaten, and he was hungry. And he was attempting to get Jesus to distrust God's love and provision for him and buy into this plan of Satan's. And Jesus quotes, he says, man does not live by bread alone. And, and he quoted this scripture in, select, in, in selecting this particular verse. He identifies with you and me. He identifies with us. It isn't, it isn't, the, it isn't the Chinese buffet that sustains us. It isn't grandma's cooking that keeps us going, or a good barbecue. That's not what we're about. That isn't what, why, why we live. It's the Word of God. It's a relationship. Man does not live by bread alone. And Jesus says uh, that, that the, the principles on which he, his victory was based, they're principles for you and me too. It is written. The, the, the next thing to note is, that, is, is to... To, to find victory, Jesus, where'd he go? He went right to the Bible, right to the Scriptures. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm at. Oh, woe is me, woe is me. We wring the hands and, and beat our chest and, and, and weep and cry and gnash our teeth. And all we have to do, because it's there, our solution to our problems are found in Scripture. It is written. So Jesus went to it and, and, and to the Bible, and in effect, he's saying, here's a principle to live by, and I'm going to live by it. Jesus goes to act on God's word, and God's word's given to us to be lived. We live the word. It isn't parked on the, on the coffee table. Um, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not to be something to, to uh, just impress fellow Christians. It's to be lived. And he acted, had Jesus acted, uh, uh, the way he acted, would not, he would not let his physical needs get in the way of the will of God. And I think we need to be mindful of that very thing, that we can't allow the stuff of today, whatever that is, uh, what, what our needs are, you know, the paycheck, the, the education, the house, whatever it is, we can't let the stuff get in the way of God's will for our lives. And what sustains a person's life isn't food, but obedience. Obedience to God, and we obey God by obeying his word. Deuteronomy 8.3, uh, it's written, he says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and to your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather by we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. 
That's our spiritual food. That's the thing that's going to sustain us. And with God's help, we can choose to live by the Word of God. So that was the first no. The second no is found in Luke 5 through 8. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they're mine to give to anyone I please. I'll give it all to you if you will worship me. (laughs) Jesus said, Scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Satan approached Jesus from a different direction. He showed Jesus the all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he offered them and their glory to the Messiah if he would only bow down and worship, give, pay homage to the devil. And his goal was to get Jesus to doubt God's plan for him and bypass the cross. I do this, I'm going to bypass all the pain, all the suffering, the beating, the lies against me, the torture. I'll bypass the cross if I just worship you. And once again, the the devil used a partial truth to bait the hook for temptation. He does it all the time with us. A partial truth. And sometimes we fall for it. Sometimes it looks so good even though we know it's wrong, it's bad, but it looks so good, we swallow it just like a bass going to a worm. See, we stare at it long enough, she'll wake up. That's a theological trick. You know, it's true that Scripture calls Satan the god of this world, and that doesn't mean that he literally possesses it, but, but he's the ruler of the evil system in the world. He doesn't own it. It wasn't his to give. Satan's a liar, and pretending to offer what was not his to give, he would never have surrendered authority over the nations to Jesus, even even if he did have it, because he's a liar. The devil's false promise was based on nothing other than evil pride. It'd be like uh, Jerry's having, having a hard time getting around, so... I'm going to give him Glenda's wheelchair. I'm sorry, Glenda, but I'm giving it away. You've got to, I don't know, we'll put you on a skateboard and push you around. Is that mine to give? Of course not. And that's exactly what Satan does. He says, here, you can take it. Nobody will know. It's you and me. Therefore, if you worship me, it's yours. It's yours. The Bible says in Isaiah 9-7 that if the things would have been different had Jesus said yes to, to, instead of no to Satan. His government and his peace will never end. His rule will with, with his, he will rule with faith, fairness, and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The world would have been different had Jesus not said no to Satan's temptation. Do you realize that the most powerful temptations are things that involve good, good things? They're good things. In and of themselves, they're very good things. But when we put those good things 
in the place of true worship of God, they're wrong, and it becomes sin. And, you know, you, you, can, you can look at, at anything like that. You can look at our possessions. You can even look at ministry. Ministry is a good thing. Ministry is vital to the church. It's a vital part of worship. But if we become, if we become to the, come to the place where, where we allow worship to take the place of our ministry to take the place of our worship of God, it's wrong. See, ministry then consumes us. And we forget about the things that God has also directed us to do. And God, good desires can, can make our testing very painful. I, I, I want to do this. I... I Probably, uh, uh, and I'm not even related to the family, but I love them. But one of the one of the some of the hard, I know the, the for the for the family hardest three years, and they were hard three years for me too. Was when Alyssa was over in Japan. You weren't around. You know, I I I I missed being able to poke you and and you poke back and. And uh, my sweat dripping all over you, and you say, that's okay, don't worry about it. But, but uh, I miss that, that uh, presence of a godly woman, another godly woman, in our presence. It was hard for us, but I bet it was hard for you too, the family. And yet you were involved in a tremendous ministry. But ministry can be lonely. And, and I think that sometimes that as, we, as we continue in that kind of a ministry that the loneliness can get in the way of our worship and our ministry. Jesus' response was again to return to Scripture and, and uh, give you another principle, one, one which he was willing to stake his life. Jesus said, Scripture said, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This is the same devil that got kicked out of heaven. And he got kicked out because he chose to be removed it was, it was, you know, he, he, uh, he allowed his pride to get in the way and he was removed from heaven. And yet, Jesus said, he's still the Lord your God. Jesus said no. And choosing God's will can be costly. What about that job that uh, is, is, uh, is really kind of the primo job that you, you've, you've wanted and you're going to be making a boatload of money and yet through it the company is known for uh, cheating and, and, and uh, poor business practices and they're always uh, in trouble with the IRS. They've got a poor, poor name in the community and by way of attachment that will be a part of your life too. Even though you're a person who says, I'm, I'm not doing that, I'm just working here. Suffering can, can be costly because you say, I'm not going to do that. I would rather be unemployed than have to work for a company that does not even remotely allow me to honor God through my work. You know, 
Are you, are you confronted by a, a good thing that attracts you that's not good for you? Think about it. Jesus, like Jesus, determined to do the right thing, determining that in every situation you're going to worship God and Him only will you serve. The third no is Luke 4, 9 through 13. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the Son of God, jump off. (laughs) For the Scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, Scripture says, also say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. He wasn't going to stop. He wasn't going to stop until the cross. And he tried until he, he comes after us. He can't get Jesus, so he's going to come after you. And he'll do it however he can do it. He'll come after your family. He'll come after your health. He'll come after your relationships. He'll come after your finances. He'll come after your kids and your grandkids. Not your great-grandkids. But he'll do it. He's relentless. This third temptation is particularly subtle. So perched on the pinnacle, and it was the highest wall of the, of the temple. There isn't like a steeple in the temple. But it was the highest point in the temple. And, and, and so with Jesus, Satan challenged him to jump off, reminding Jesus that if, and here it is, he loses the sense. It's if. If you're the son of God, jump. If, if God really loves you, he's going to protect you. Those angels are all over you, and, and you're not going to get hurt. So rebuffed twice by Jesus' quote from, from the Old Testament, Satan quotes Scripture too. In Psalm 91, 11 through 12, For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You think the, Bible doesn't know, the, the devil doesn't know the Bible? Man, he's a Bible expert. Why do you think there's so many people that say, look at all the contradictions in Scripture? Where do you think that comes from? The devil. He's going to put those crazy thoughts into people's minds. And since Jesus wouldn't deviate from his obedience to the plan of God, Satan offered him an opportunity to allow God to fulfill his word. I'll let you fulfill Psalm 91 if you just jump. And this also is a messianic psalm where God pledges to protect the Messiah. And Satan is saying, prove to yourself the relationship that you claim once and for all. Prove it, Jesus. Prove it, jump. The the angels won't let you hurt your feet. You can turn the stones into bread. You can eat, have a buffet, and everything's going to be good. Jump! And Jesus again turned to Scripture. Deuteronomy 6, 16 says, You must not test the Lord your God as you did when you complained at Massa. So this verse looks back at the moment of pressure of the, of, the, of the Jews that they forgot God's goodness and they cried, Is the Lord God not among us? You know, they got tired of eating the same stuff. And they're thinking, you know, God's left us to die out here. And then questioning God's presence and His love They put God to the test. And it was the very thing that Satan urged Jesus to do. Make God prove himself. Jesus, say you're the son of God. 
Prove it! And our relationship with God must always rest on faith and confidence in His trustworthiness. We can grow closer to Christ by saying no to sin. Several lessons can be drawn from from the devil's M.O. today. First, he uses the same strategies to tempt you and I that he did with Jesus. He attempts to get us to distrust God's love and doubt his plan and presume on him, and he's going to twist Scripture to do that. Second, the, Satan takes advantage of specific circumstances to launch his assaults. He's hungry, 40 days, he's tired, probably hot, and, and uh, he's isolated. We're a people that need people. Jesus was a people person. And last, uh, along with watchfulness and prayer, Scripture is the essential weapon that we're to wield because, because the Bible says that, that uh, or the Scripture tells us that, that the Bible is, is a sword. So to do effect, this effectively requires both knowledge of the Bible and our commitment to obey it. To be successful in our struggles against temptation, we have to follow the pattern set by Jesus. You know, how quickly when troubles or pressure come, we begin to doubt God and to, to question His love. You know, how quickly when we've made a decision and things go haywire, is God still there? I mean, look what happened. God, are you still there? Have you abandoned me? No. You've just made the wrong choice. When you and I are under pressure, we need to remember the principle that God himself applied. We see that, that, that Satan does those things and uses those, those same principles, but, but we do not need proof of who God is. This is what I learned today. We don't need proof of who God is. We can trust him, and we better never, ever test him. Our relationship with God is, uh, uh, in, in our relationship with God, faith is demanded. And there it is, friends. Temptation is not the sin. It's what you do with the temptation. It's attitude as well. Play with fire, you're going to get burned. Amen? Just say no. You know, Nancy Reagan launched a, a, a plan against drugs, the drug war, in the 70s. Just say no. And, and it became, it became a, a, a catchphrase. But we need to, to take up that battle cry again. And say no. Say no to the devil. Say no to sin. Say yes to being obedient to Scripture. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we know, Lord, that, uh, that as, we, as we look at how uh, Satan tries to trick and trap and, and, and sideswipe us, we know that greater are you than he. And Lord, we know that, that this, this world system belongs to him, but the world and everything in it belongs to you. Help us, Lord, to, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Help us to come to that place where we have uh, no problem saying no to sin. Help us to lean on not ourselves, but on you 
Help us to find brothers and sisters who will be supportive of us. Lord, remind us how very much you love us. And I ask this in your son's precious name and for his sake. Amen.